Welcome back to the Traders Point Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. Each week, we open up the Bible for just a few minutes and discuss God's Word together. We discuss its meaning and the ways in which we can apply it in our walk as followers of Christ. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, you can visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can follow us on Facebook and YouTube as well. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please take just a second to do that so you can stay up to date on all of the content that's put out on this channel. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's conversation. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. If you were with us last week, you know that we're beginning our study in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to spend a total of three weeks, this being the second of those three weeks, in Ephesians chapter 4. And so if you missed last week's episode, you may want to go back and listen to that. We covered the first six verses last week, and we talked about the importance of unity and walking worthy of the calling that God has given to each of us. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, please take a few minutes, go back to listen to that episode. And we're going to begin in verse number seven today. We're going to study verses seven through 16 together uh, today. But Jeremy, we'll read that here in just a second, but maybe before we get into reading that, uh, maybe recap a little bit of what we talked about last week, as well as just kind of reminding everyone uh, the crux of this book and what Paul is trying to get across in this letter to the Christians in Ephesus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the key to this section is is set up for us in the first six verses. It is unity, unity, unity. That is the idea. In a lot of ways, it's the idea of this book. It is... It's a very applicable book in a lot of ways. It is a reminder, as a lot of the epistles are, you know, from Paul, that everybody's rowing in the same direction. Everybody's on the same team. Everybody's following the same God. Everybody is in this together. Um, you know, nobody's going in a different direction. Everybody's going to the same place. Uh, everybody is the same. I mean, you have all of these thoughts throughout the epistles, and most certainly, you have them here in the book of Ephesians, and most certainly you have them here in chapter 4 of Ephesians. And so you have the first six verses that really point us towards unity. It is the fact that everybody is a, a, a prisoner of the Lord. Everybody is endeavoring to keep the unity. Everybody is walking worthy. You have these, these thoughts, and if everybody is, the, is doing that, even though we are different, even though we are different people, even though we have different abilities, even though we have different gifts, none of that makes a difference if we are unified. And the oftentimes becomes the case is when different enters the equation, and that's what people are. People are different, mm-hmm. but if our focus becomes on the differences and not on the similarities, there's going to be problems. And throughout the New Testament, it is God accentuating the similarities, and those similarities are overwhelmingly powerful instead of accentuating the differences. If we accentuate the differences and we make it into a competition, there absolutely will be problems. No unity there. And so this idea of unity, he'll build upon here beginning of verse 7. Yeah, well, let's keep that in mind, and we'll read uh, this section of text together, and then we'll kind of dive into it. So beginning in verse number 7, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, 
that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, besides the fact that this is one of those classic Paul run-on sentences that never <laughs> seems to have a period in it, right. there, there is so much here that is just connected, again, to what we talked about last week at the beginning of this chapter. All of this is about unity within the body of Christ. That's what the entire thing is about, unity within the body of Christ. And now he's going to talk about the different gifts that have been given Again, as you may mention at the outset, not to say that one individual is better than another because of the gifts that have been given, but to make sure that those gifts are being utilized to preserve unity within the body of Christ. That's what this section is about, and it's really, really important to remember that even today, as we think about the different talents that we have and the different ways in which we can use those abilities that we've been given all of them should be utilized to preserve and enhance the unity of the brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what our focus should be when we think about our abilities. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple analogies used in the New Testament to describe the church, right? There's lots of different ways, you know, to to get us to be thinking about what the church is all about. And one of the biggest, and certainly one of the ones that Paul uses the most, is this idea of a body, a physical body. He draws mm-hmm. our attention to that. I mean, yep. you get that in Ephesians chapter 1, at the very end of that chapter, he makes the point that we are, as the church, a body. Christ is the head, but we are a body. And he certainly brings that out again here. We'd almost be able to grab it better if, it, if this was Ephesians chapter 12, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have you know the same kind of ideas in Romans chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where those are pretty well-known passages that make, you know, make, this exact same point, really, in a lot of ways, that, you know, the church is a body. Think about it as a physical body. And it is God. God is the one who gives these gifts, right? He is the one who made, we read, he is the one who made, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some teachers, you know, some evangelists. He's the one that sets this up. But he does this for the good of the body. And he understands, right, that it is the best for the body if people have these different gifts, that's what's best for the body. And so now we have to understand, we understand that in the physical body, everybody understands that in the physical body. So can we take that understanding and apply it to the spiritual body? We should be able to, because it's a very simple application. And that's what makes the analogy of a body so incredibly strong. And, uh, and one that Paul uses here in Ephesians 4. Yeah, it's, it's that whole idea that unity and uniformity are not the same thing. Absolutely. And God is after unity, not uniformity. He, and I think sometimes we have to be careful not to push people into things that they aren't equipped for in the effort 
of creating uniformity within the body of Christ. If, if we're all doing the same thing, and we're all talking the same thing, and we're all acting the same thing, and we're all doing... Then, then what we see, and you made the application that, that Paul makes in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, is a body can't function that way. A body has to have parts that do different things. I've got to have my eyes, but my eyes can't hear. That's why I need my ears. We all, we all realize that within our own physical bodies, the Lord's church is the same way. We need people who have strengths in different areas than I do. And, and I need, they need me because I have different strengths in areas that they don't. And so we all have to work together towards unity, but we need to also celebrate the fact that we are not the same and that we do all have different abilities and different gifts. That's not something that should ever be looked down upon. The exact opposite should happen. We should celebrate those differences because those differences are what supplies every joint with what it needs. And so I need everybody within the Lord's body doing their part because their part is so important to that body functioning at its greatest capacity. We need everyone working and doing what they're capable of so that that body can thrive. And that's, that's really what Paul is getting at here. And it's important for us to remember that today, I think a lot of times, you know, we think a, certain, uh, a man reaches a certain age, now you got to teach Bible class. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe teaching's not one of his strengths. Maybe if we force him into teaching Bible class, then we're going to be neglecting one of his strengths in other areas. So we have to we have to allow that individual to explore the strengths and abilities that God has given them and how they can be utilized within the Lord's body appropriately as opposed to just saying, well, you're this age and so you're going to be doing this thing. That doesn't always work. That's the that's an idea of uniformity as opposed to unity. And if you think about you know the idea of ranking roles or abilities, or determining if roles or abilities are good or bad, or mm-hmm. determining if roles or abilities are important or or not important or less important, you know all of those things have been brought. They're a problem for sure. Yeah. But all of that has been brought about by man. Man is the one that has done all of that. Yep. And so you you see, and you know God He understands that man struggles with that sometimes. That's why you have that massive section there in the middle of the book of First Corinthians that talk directly about these gifts that have been given, and man, you know, disturbing that they they are putting an importance or less importance or a ranking system you know, on all of those kinds of things. But we even do that in our culture today. I sure. mean, how, how often do you see where, you know, even, you know, within the, you know, with the family that, you know, we try to pull away and to say, well, you know, listen, the, you know, the, the man's role is more important than the woman's role or the husband's role is more important than the wife's role or, you know, it, we try to paint those pictures. Well, you know, even in situations like that, and certainly within the Lord's church, God never does anything like that. He's never ranking or he's never making the point of important or less important. He's not doing any of that. But what you continue to see and what Paul reminds them of here in Ephesians chapter 4, especially in verses like 7, and you see it again in verse 10, 11, and 12, you know, this idea that these roles and abilities that we are sit we are seated in are blessings from God. Mm-hmm. And if I can just simply look at it that way, why would I even... Why would I ever downgrade that to think that, well, you know, this incredible blessing that God has given me has come from him? And when I then say, well, it's simply, it's not important as what, you know, the abilities and roles that some so-and-so, you know, has, well, we're now we're downplaying a decision that God has made. 
instead of just saying, this is an incredible blessing from God, and I'm going to do the very best with what God has given me, because it's important. Mm -hmm. They're all important. And I think that's the you know the point that's made in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and in Ephesians 4 all of it is important and all of it's needed and if somebody steps outside of that circle of unity there's a there becomes a problem it yeah. doesn't matter who that person yeah. is if you step outside of that there's an immediate problem and the idea is everybody is working together i mean that's the conclusion that it gets to mm-hmm. certainly there in verse 16 yeah and when everybody works together then in verses 13 and 14, then we'll all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. When, when all of these things are working together, this is the result. There is unity, there is growth and knowledge, we grow closer to each other as we grow closer to God. But that unity can only happen if we go back up and the people of verse 11 that he's talking about are doing their jobs and using those abilities to their fullest within the body of Christ. If somebody is not utilizing their ability and their gift within the body of Christ, that's going to hinder our ability to be unified with one another. That's going to hinder our growth and knowledge. That's going to hinder our relationship to God. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily think about it in that way, that if I'm not using my abilities to their fullest within the body of Christ, it's not just me that's going to suffer as a result of that, but you're going to suffer as a result of that. And the other members of this congregation are going to suffer as a result of that because God supplied us each perfectly with what we need for this body to thrive. And so we need everyone doing their part and doing their role in order for all of this to happen the way that Paul is laying it out here. That, that's really the, the beauty of a family and thinking about the Lord's church in that way. You know, you mentioned it a moment ago, but it's, it's easy. It's easy to see that within our physical families. If I'm not doing my responsibility as a husband appropriately, that's going to have an impact on the rest of my family. And if my wife is neglecting her responsibilities as a wife and a mother, that's going to affect the rest of the family. All of us can see that. That's very easy to understand. But that same principle applies to the Lord's church. Right. And we need one another doing the roles and, and, and using our abilities that God has given each of us to their fullest in order for this body to function the way that God intended for it to. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too. And we can go back to even what we talked about last week at the very beginning of this chapter, is even though you know it, it certainly made mention of, of specific uh, abilities and, and, and gifts that I've been given as an individual— up to this point, and we'll we'll even see it next week when we talk about the end of this chapter, it, it is still what's being accentuated is my focus is on God always, but my focus is on others. There, there's no indication of self no. in, in no. any of this. Certainly it hasn't been in the first you know 16 verses. And, and you know, listen, spoiler alert, when you get into <laughs> verse 17 to the end of the chapter, it, it, it is pushing self away. It is it is you just simply don't see it and so you know the simple application is if i allow self to start creeping in there's going to be a problem yep. certainly in regards to unity unity is going to be affected if i allow self to creep in but if i stay focused on god or i stay and i stay focused on others and i stay focused on his church and now unity is right where it needs to be and there and you've made mention and paul makes mention 
of these incredible things that can be accomplished because of that. You have an incredible, you know, thing that God has created working in the way that he has intended it to work, and it will flourish. It doesn't make a difference of circumstances or situations in the world around it. His body, the Lord's body, will flourish mm-hmm. when they are working together. That's a that's a really good point, because these same truths that held the the local body of Christians together in Ephesus— are the same principles that hold the local body of Christians together at Traders Point and all over the world today where there are churches who are serving the Lord that unity is being held together in the same ways that Paul's describing here and at the end of the day that unity is in Christ and that that's what holds us all together that's what he says there in verse number 16 it's it's the unity in Christ that holds us all together and so if I'm, as you pointed out, if, if I'm constantly thinking about, okay, how can I use my abilities and my talents to serve the Lord and to serve those around me, that unity in Christ is going to knit us together. And it's going to be a bond that cannot be broken. It's going to be so strong. That's what God wants from his people. He wants us to have that type of a relationship with him as well as that type of a relationship with one another so that that bond is strong and secure, but our focus has to be right in order for that to happen, and our energy has to be directed appropriately, where we're constantly looking for ways in which we can work, serve, and help other people within the body so that everyone can grow in the way that Paul's describing here. Yeah, and that's the byproduct, right? That's in verses 15 to 16, growth. Growth is the key, but growth happens through unity. If there is not unity, you've got chaos, and you have a disservice that's taking place. But the key component is unity brings about growth, and uh, and that certainly is a key to this section. Yeah, we'll go ahead and stop there. We've got one more week of our study here through Ephesians chapter 4. So next week we'll begin in verse number 17, and we'll study through the end of the chapter. So hopefully you all can join us for that.